Hey everybody, this is your host, LaVie. Welcome to Thrift Therapy, the podcast all about thrift life. Recycling, collecting, DIYing, all the ups and downs, ins and outs of thrifting. So glad you joined me for this thrift adventure. Howdy, y'all. As I sit here in my pink thrifted cowboy hat that I just got for two bucks, I'm going to post a picture on Instagram, of course. I'm feeling pretty rad. I hope you guys are feeling pretty good. I'm really glad to be here. I'm glad you're here. I'm glad Alex from Relove is here. She's popping in for the interview today. I'm going to tell you guys a thrift story about a thrift trip I took with my bestie. So in a way, my bestie's here. She's here by proxy. Thrift proxy. So that'll be fun. I guess I'll start with Patreon shoutouts. Thanks, Kat M, for signing up as a Patreon, and I appreciate you signing up just for the free content. So she signed up at the $2 level, which you can sign up for as well, and that gives you lots of bonus content that I'm just starting to do. So far, I have that I'm going to do closet cleanout videos where you can get stuff from my closet, thrift with me videos, which I am putting one up right now, which is where I just start recording a thrift trip I take, because I take at least one a week. A styling Q&A, which I haven't done yet, so I'm super excited if anybody wants to volunteer that. It's where you send me pictures of a thrift item that you're having a really hard time styling, and I'll pick a couple, and then I'll do a quick video suggesting ways that you guys could style these items. If you want to get in on the bonus content and ad-free episodes, or get a thrift bag, or and or get a thrift bag, because no matter what level you sign up, at you get all the extra content and ad-free episodes you can do that at my website at thrifttherapypod.com you can go to the store tab and sign it for a thrift bag there either a one-off or a patreon subscription or on the home page you can click the patreon icon under the social media tab and do it that way or you can just go to patreon and search thrift therapy i mean there's loads of ways to get to the same place amazing i do want to say that i sent the thrift bags out for september this morning i was deadline thrifting for someone trying to find that last perfect item and i'm happy to report i found it yesterday so i was able to send everything out today feeling super good i can't wait to get messages from everybody about how lit the thrift was this past month i mean i found some really killer shit if you want to you can go over to instagram and look at some of the videos some of that stuff is still available so it's never too late to get a thrift bag never too late no need to be dramatic i suppose all right well i'm just going to tell you guys about this thrift haul thing that i did recently because it was so much fun that i'm thinking about doing it tomorrow and if not tomorrow i'm doing it next week for sure So my best friend, Wendy, texted me and she was like, hey girl, do you want to go to this 25 cent day thing with me? And I was like, what are you talking about? She said, well, there's this thrift outlet here in town that they do uh, one day is like a dollar. I can't remember. I hope I'm saying it right. One day is like a dollar. The next day is like 75 cents. And then the third day, and they're only open three days, I think, is 25 cents. And I mean, I said, like everything in the store? And she was like, everything in the store. 
And I was like, hell yeah. And she goes, well, okay, meet me tomorrow morning at blah, blah, blah. And I was like, what time? And she said 8.30. And I thought, ugh, I don't know if I can do it. I hate mornings. I'm just not a morning person. I never have been, never will be. I mean, my parents used to like prop me up at the bus stop. Actually, I think it was my babysitter because that was the only time I took the bus. Because I was asleep. Like, they would just lean me again. It was like 5 in the morning because they lived out in the country and shit. Anyway, not a morning person. So it was really like sleep or thrift, sleep or thrift. I chose thrift. Good choice. 25 cents, y'all. So I did make a video of that haul, and I put it up on the Patreon feed. And I will load it onto Instagram eventually. But it's, it's just all the stuff that I got for 25 cents. It's pretty incredible. So I want to go back tomorrow. I just have been so busy this past week and I haven't gotten a lot of sleep. I don't know if I can get myself up. It's going to be the same dilemma. Sleep or thrift. We'll see what wins. Anywho, so I get there. And uh, I managed to pull my shit together. I even looked cool because I had to go to work afterwards. We go through the store and we're just like pros. Like I just walk in, grab a cart and start going through everything. So I don't even look for my friend. This is how we are. And so eventually I'm going through the racks and then I see her and I'm like, hey girl. And she's like, hey, and just keeps thrifting. This is the way it goes. So we pile our carts and then we just sort of meet up over at this rack and we're like, so what did you pick out? Let me see, let me see. And we're like, I got this for you, I got this for you. And by the time we go through the whole cart, you know, we each have big piles. And we're like, one more round. And so we did the, the bin section and found a couple more little things. And then we went to check out. We were in line for a while. The, the line was kind of the longest part. As we were in line, they have these tables at the ends of the store, at the corners of the store. And they're just piles of things. And there was a woman inside the pile. Like, I don't even know how to explain. If it were, if, if it were like, a banana split she would be like the cherry in the middle of banana split and she's just like throwing things in the air and pulling things out it was so hilarious so we struck up a little conversation oh another cool thing that happened was before we went to the line this one I was wearing some cool glasses and this woman stopped me and she was like I love your glasses and I said well girl you can get them online they were like 50 bucks go get yourself some she's like where so I told her the thing she kept forgetting so she circled back around and I told her again and then she circled back around and she was like I found this for you I think you would like it and it was this giant hand stitched with little mirrors Indian scarf or blanket I can't tell which maybe both and it is so beautiful I'm sending that to a thrift bagger because I feel like it's good karma to just keep sending it off in the world since she gave it to me and that was such a lovely experience I thought oh this is the best I love thrifters so her and then cherry on top lady throw it you know she's like a fountain of thrift and then best part get to the register tons of stuff like I don't even know how many things well, you could do the math because I'm going to tell, tell you how much I spent. It was like $7.35 or something like that. And I got piles of stuff. It was incredible. Definitely the best thrift pile for the cheapest deal I've had in a minute. So that, that was amazing. Then we went to have tacos and Bloody Marys. And then I ended up going over to Buffalo Exchange and grabbing some dollar stuff. So the whole morning was thriftlicious 
And I went to work after that and made money. So that was a good day, you guys. It's the best of all things when your hobby's on point, your friendships are on point, and then your passion, your job is on point, and the thrift gods just bless you all day long. So um, I was living the high of that thrift, you know, for a few days. That reminds me of something that Alex and I talk about in the interview that maybe I should give you like a little insight into because I think it's related to the good feelings of thrifting and why maybe we like it so much in in that way it's about our values and so many times when I'm working as a therapist the job that I went to after the thrift I ran into existential depression or existential anxiety and what that is is when the mood problems that we're having are coming from a loss of or a lack of meaning in life and you know depending on how that person's brain works they will pattern that with mood. One of the things that I would do in therapy when that's happening is address like what's the internal context and the external thing that's missing from this person's life that would give them that sense of meaning. And that means we're gonna do an exercise first and foremost, try to figure out what your values are. I'll put one of these up on the show notes for this episode on my website. And so you can go check that out. But really, you just get a piece of paper and you start listing values words. Values words are things like courage, justice, efficiency, you know, some of the values of the thrift community would be sustainability, education, support, community. So values are things that don't actually exist in the world per se. Like you can't point to it and go, that's justice. But we all have an idea of them that makes us want to strive for something maybe better. So they're motivating. And one of the ways that we can try to figure out what our own values are, oddly enough, is to think about what pisses us off. Because we tend to get a loss of meaning when that thing isn't present. Like say you value sustainability and somebody just chunks a milk carton out the window. Well, guess what? You're gonna get pissed, right? Because that's a values violation. And so when you experience a values violation, we tend to feel something called moral outrage. And so if you flip that upside down, you can go, oh, well, my value is sustainability instead of don't be a wasteful jerk. So it's the positive attribute of the thing that upsets us. Does that make sense? So anyway, if you can figure out what your core values are, which I say is usually about three to five values, and really just focus in on how do I define those? Where does that come from for me? Meaning, did I inherit it or did I get it because there wasn't enough of it around in my life? Then you can start to go, well, what does the definition of that entail? Does it mean never ever throw anything away or does it mean something more developmentally appropriate if you're older for like when possible reuse things because it impacts the world around you so we work on definitions too to make sure that it's doable in your life so you can get maximal meaning When I think about discovering the thrift community, I got a huge bump in meaning because before I found you guys all online and on the podcast waves, 
I sort of felt like an absence of meaning around this obsession that I've had since I was very young. And now that I know that all of you guys are out there, and I hope this is the same for you, I feel a great bump in meaning, which has given me a lot of positive moods. So thank you very much. Well, I'm going to stop there, and I'm going to let Alex and I pick it up after the commercial break. Uh, this will be a word from our sponsors. And when we come back, Alex is going to tell us all about how she's living her values, pursuing her passions, and helping to create a more sustainable world. So stay tuned. Hi, thrifty listeners. We're back with Alex Shadro, the originator of Relove. And I want to tell you that she is a firecracker. This is her second business that she's owned in her 20s. And she has a heart full of green. She grew up sustainably. She continues to practice a zero-waste lifestyle. And she wants to help other people get into the sustainability movement as well. That is her purpose with Relove, which is a social and sustainable fashion marketplace that matches buyers and sellers like a dating app for your closet. And she wants you to save money, so she tries to make sure that everybody that joins Relove keeps their items priced at least 50% under market value. This is a new idea that she has, and I'm excited for her to tell you more about it. Without further ado, here's Alex. Hi, Alex. Welcome to Thrift Therapy. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. Let's familiarize the listeners with your background so they can get to know you a little bit. Tell us a little bit about where you grew up, your family situation, and uh, the effect that had on who you are today. Sure. Thanks for asking. So I grew up in Los Angeles, California, really the fashion world of LA. So that was definitely a big influence on me growing up. But more than that was the fact that my dad and my mom own a metal recycling company. So they take planes and buildings and they repurpose the metals into the sheet metal that can be used to build again. And that was a really big influence on me growing up. So that's the type of environment that I grew up in was a very conscious, eco-conscious, sustainable household. And even growing up now, I've realized there's like so much more that we could do, but at least it was really ingrained for me at a young age that the planet matters and thinking about the planet and, and making your consumer choices in a sustainably framed, you know, mindset. And so that definitely played a huge influence on me growing up. So sustainability has always been a part of your life and that's definitely a part of your brand. Where does the fashion piece come into it for you? How did you get into fashion and style? You know, being in LA, I was very much a window shopper. You know, I would look at the windows of Gucci on Rodeo Drive and I would go to the downtown LA fashion district to Santee Alley, which is like the infamous or famous alley of downtown LA. I think it's really both because the clothes there are made like super cheap. You know, you can buy exactly what you see at Gucci for less, which has its own ethical and of course sustainable notions to it, but just kind of seeing how the trends of Rodeo and the the big 
fancy luxury designers were transferring into like streetwear that you could just get for five, ten dollars. That was just surrounding me. And I was very much, like I said, a window shopper looking at trends. And then I, I at the time was shopping in Santee Alley. Like I admit it, you know, I was a forever 21 person that would try and, and get that best deal I could. And I didn't realize at the time the implications of that. And I also still loved thrifting, right? I was combining both of those worlds, I think, which many people still do. And um, a lot of the information is out there, but it's just every day we're trying to spread it farther and farther so it reaches more people. You know, and that's a big part of Relove is spreading that that awareness. And so at the time, you know, I was just very much into all the trends and I really loved, I would say, the luxury designers, but trying to recreate those looks for less. A couple of things I want to respond to is that I think that's true for most of us. You know, I grew up in the 80s. That was my heyday as a, a teenager. And that to me was sort of the beginning or at least the height of starting the fast fashion trends. You know, that became the mall sort of took over our lives in, in the 80s. You know, Alex, like we didn't realize at the time the impact that fast fashion was going to have on the economy, that it was going to have on the environment and that it was going to have overall on the whole fashion industry and and just the global impact wasn't even on our minds. So and the I'm internet wasn't born yet, right? So this information isn't no. just a Google search away. That's true. And so then there's thrifting, right? There's the fact that all yes. of the things that we want are already in our closets somewhere, right? Like the things that I want, some other woman has in her closet. That's just the truth, right? Whatever it is that I want already exists. And she's probably wearing 20% of it. So 80% of it is available to me. And I think that that's really the beauty of the secondhand world is that everything we want is already, it already exists. We don't need to make anything new, like point blank. And I have, you know, an amazing friend that's on Relove right now. Their store is Rusty Reconstructed. And what they're doing is they're making the most impeccable upcycled garments that have a completely fresh vibe that I've never seen before. You know, so fashion can still move forward, right? But how do we progress is kind of the question. It's like, yeah, it's great to, you know, thrift. But at the same time, we want to progress. We want to see new prints. We want to see new new things, right? We want fashion to and art to change and, and be free. But I do think that there's, you know, upcycling is part of that. And I personally am of the belief that everything we really truly need at this point already exists and does not need to be produced again. Having grown up in the era before fast fashion, there wasn't as much waste in general with clothing because people had skills that they don't have now. I learned how to sew just as a part of my education. Meaning in high school, I learned to sew. And my mother knew how to sew. She taught me how to sew. My grandmother knew how to sew. She taught me how to sew. Her mother taught her. So refashioning, that wasn't even what it was called. (laughs) It was just called being a seamstress. Of course, the men in our lives didn't know how to sew. That was considered women's work. However, there were tailors, so they got to do it for a living, which was, it's just so interesting to think about how over time, the language that we use really sort of mirrors the politics of the day, Mm -hmm. because what we call refashioning now was just a way of life back in the 60s and 70s. Uh, And I was born in 1970. So when I was a child, almost all of my clothes 
except for special occasion clothes, were repurposed clothing in yeah, some way. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of fun to think about that. And I think the new part of it that Relev really addresses well is since the fast fashion boom, we have an enormous amount of clothing and an enormous amount of clothing waste. And you're 100% right. We don't need to make any new things right now. No, I mean, the fact that 90% of all clothing goes to a landfill, just all clothing in the world eventually goes to a landfill. Obviously, keeping it away from a landfill as long as possible has its huge benefits. Like even an extra year on each garment makes such a difference. Really, what I'm fighting for is seven years, seven-year extension. That's like the minimum that really makes a big impact. One year, though, is is already a win, you know, because when we think about the $5 pair of shorts that we go and buy at whatever, Forever 21, I like to attack because they really irk me. But, you know, it's any store. There's literally hundreds of stores that do the same thing. So I don't just want to, you know, focus in on them. But wherever we buy our, you know, $5 jersey short, you know, that we just want to wear for a couple things or just, you know, just for the summer, just for the day, it, it ends up getting thrown away and it doesn't hold its value for long. So, yeah, 90% of clothes ending up in landfills, right? Like 90% could be like re-injected in an ideal world back into the ecosystem and like used uh, again and again is really the goal. Do you have a hashtag for that that you've started or that you've been using for people who want to brag a little bit about how long they've had something? I mean, the hashtag we're using right now at Relove is reduce, reuse, relove, but we don't have a like extended life cycle hashtag, but I definitely love the idea of that. So, so thank you. Let's do it. Let's make one. And uh, it can be part of this episode. So for all the listeners and for all the users of Relove, and we're going to talk a little bit about Relove, what it is and how to become a part of it here in just a second. But let's make a hashtag. What should it be, Alec? I like hashtag one plus. I think that that's cool. Let's do it. Hashtag one plus. If you're listening send out a, a hashtag one plus and I'll repost it I on my so. Instagram at sustainabay. And it's going to make me think about how long I've had things because I do have a lot of stuff that I've had for a long time. And I think another thing that it's going to make me think about is when I buy stuff, do I think I'll keep it for a year? Oh my God. Yeah. I mean, I think I'm definitely on the extreme side, right? Of like really, really, really conscious So I always ask myself, am I going to keep this for seven years or can I, does it have really strong resale value where I know somebody's going to want this? That's what just happened. I actually just did a closet clean out of items that I've had for literally seven years and I sold them on Relove, of course, and they sold really quickly, which made me just realize, you know, I really am shopping for the extension. I'm shopping for the hashtag one plus minimum, you know? That's a great question to ask yourself, though, is will I wear this for one year? That's super important. When I look at my closet right now, I can see into it. And I'm already seeing some things that I've had for at least three years. Yeah. Yeah, maybe figuring out our baseline. And then that gives us a way to push ourselves a little bit. So if I'm a three-year averager, then maybe I could push myself to four. Mm-hmm. Maybe hashtag one plus is however long you keep it at a year. That's what I love. Oh, that's perfect. So it's got double meaning. Yes, I love that. So, you know, you have something for two years or you think you're going to have it for two years, just 
Hashtag one plus. I'm going to keep this for one more year. That's perfect. I just want to kind of do a plug, not just for Relove, but resale overall. 85% of donated clothes do go straight to landfills. They just don't have the capacity. I think the real problem is people tend to donate their clothes to whatever charity they resonate with or Goodwill. And Goodwill, Goodwill's own statistic is we throw away 85%. So when you can take that time to list on a resale platform, it is really, really great. You can even write for free because the person that's willing to pay for shipping or get it really, really wants it. You know, it's fine if it's free. It's better to just take a picture, throw it up on, you know, Relove or Facebook Marketplace or any of the places that you can sell and just write the word free on it. You know, that's that's a great way to uh, still do good in the world and make sure that the item doesn't end up in a landfill. So, so resale is really the solution. Donating is not the solution. However, of course, 100 uh, percent support donating to those in need. I just want to make sure that the reality of, of what happens to donated clothes is exposed. That's such a great point, Alex, and I myself was not aware of the Goodwill statistic. Yeah. That I think it would be really important to tell the listeners more about Relove. Of course, I mentioned it in the introduction, and we've been referencing it across this chat, but I think we should give them a deep dive into Relove so they can know a little bit about what we're talking about. And I think it's really important to talk about how Relove compares to other selling platforms mm-hmm. like Poshmark, like eBay, like ThreadUp. So why don't you just start with telling us about Relove and what made you want to start your own reselling platform? Yeah, absolutely. So first of all, I just want to say we are having such a great conversation. We're getting so deep and I love that. So it's been a, you know really awesome to be on this podcast. But Yeah, I definitely want to share Relove. So Relove is a buy-sell platform similar to Poshmark, similar to eBay, like we just, you know, like you just compared. And it's a place to buy and sell clothing. However, we say it's the new way to buy and sell clothes. And we actually call it Resale 2.0. And I see that that's a huge difference between us and the competitors. And what really Relove does differently is we use data and human stylists to match buyers to items that they love. Obviously, if you're a seller, that makes it a lot easier because you list something and we find the right buyer for your items. So when you join Relove, and I think the the most simple way to think about this as a listener is Relove is a dating app for your closet. That's what I was exactly thinking just now. It's like, oh, it's like style dating. (laughs) Exactly, it's like style dating. That's exactly right. When you join Relove, you tell us all about yourself. You know, and it's, of course, kept 100% confidential, but it's for you, right? We do this so that you have the best experience and you have to spend the least time. That's really what it's all about is getting that time back, making it super, super easy. So when you join Relove, you join with your body type. You join with your skin tone. You join with your height, your weight, your styles that you like. By styles I like, I mean, you pick from 21 styles, preppy, vintage, streetwear, athleisure, all of the different styles that you can have. And, and then uh, you also pick from about 30 different brands that represent you. And we have a correlation algorithm that says, okay, if you like anthropology, you will most likely like free people. And, and you know, it extends beyond that to uh, smaller labels. So you join with all of this information and then we show you items that are right for you. And also the community is curating items as well, which we, we as an app pay everyone in the community to do. And I'll touch on that in a moment, but um, you get these matches and 
very soon you'll actually be able to interact with those matches. So you can swipe left if you don't like it, swipe right if you do, which tells us obviously much more about you. So it's like, hey, you told us all these things. Here's some things we think you'll love. And you tell us if we're right or not. And the more you tell us, the more we'll get you right. And obviously as a seller, that's so much easier than on Poshmark sharing your closet every two seconds. That's just not feasible, I don't think, in this type of a world. And so that's why Relive is so much easier. I think it sounds like you're solving a reseller problem as well as a buyer problem. I never share my closet. I don't sell right now, but I go through periods of selling. And even when I sell, I'm like, ugh, who has time to share closets and why? People don't, I don't, I think it's just become so ubiquitous that people don't pay attention to it anymore. 100%. And resellers are just trying to get their clothing out there to a buyer. And so I love that you're solving that problem for both users and sellers. And I guess I'm wondering, like, maybe you could do this. Because I've tried a lot of different platforms, one of the things that I notice about myself as a user is that I get a little overwhelmed by having to learn new platforms all the time. So why don't you pretend I'm, like, brand new to the platform? Why don't you walk me through how to really join the Relove experience and get the most from it. So what's the first thing I'm going to do when I sign up for Relove? Let's say as a seller, because we have a lot of sellers listening to this podcast. Sure. So obviously you're going to go to the app store if you have an Apple device. Unfortunately, we don't have Android yet. We're a small startup, but we're really dedicated and we're still perfecting the iOS experience. Because to us, it's like, why should we launch Android we're going to have two sets of issues. You see what I mean? Like we build something on iOS, we learn, we get feedback. Okay, this was good, this was bad. Now, if we did that on two platforms, we'd have two sets of issues to fix. And that would take us a lot longer to deliver. So we're kind of perfecting the experience still. And we launched eight months ago. All the other platforms have been around for years and years. So, you know, we're catching up in terms of like perfect experience. However, I believe we're offering a great experience and You can read the App Store reviews. There's obviously, you know, some outliers, but for the most part, it's five stars and and people really loving the platform. And I think that that's wonderful. So yeah, you're going to go to the App Store page. And if you are an Android user, just want to say that you can use Relove from your relove.com browser on your phone or computer. It's a full service site, so you're good to go. And so I'm just going to talk about the mobile experience right now, but everything I'm saying does apply to the web as well. All right, so you go to the App Store, you'll hit download. You can use an invite code if somebody has one. That will give you 10% off your first purchase. You know, Roxy, why don't we put an invite code from the podcast? We can do that. One plus is the invite code. Let's do that. Perfect. Hashtag one plus is your invite code. And that way, if you're listening to this podcast and you go sign up, you're going to get that 10% discount and it's going to ease you into Relive. So you've downloaded, you've used your invite code. What's next? You're going to tell us all about yourself, just like all the other members do. You're going to tell us all of those questions I just went through. And then you're going to be um, told some of the things that are selling on Relive the fastest. What's really cool is in the quiz, you're going to identify yourself as a seller. So you're going to say, I am on Relove to buy, sell, I don't know yet. You're going to click sell. And selling through that path, you're going to be told some of the things that are selling on Relove the quickest. And then you'll be dropped right into the sell page and you'll be able to look at the upload sheet and 
if you know if you're not ready to sell right away, you you'll be taken into the shop page and you can actually scroll down to the bottom of the shop page and it says recently sold. So you can kind of check out some of the things that were recently sold on Relove and that will really help you know what brands, what styles, what types of titles, what types of photos are working the best. And I think that that's really helpful. Not a lot of platforms just have that readily available and we put it right in the market rather than having to go to individual pages to see what's sold. And so what's really, really cool about Relove, and let's let's say as a seller, right, you're ready to list your first item. You're going to just do pretty much the same thing you do on any other platform. You're going to upload your item. We're going to give you tips on exactly how to do it. Like if you have shoes, we'll tell you angle your shoes at a 45 degree angle, shoot from above, you know, just all the types of tips that you need. And then the, a little bit of a difference is that you are going to pick out the styles that reflect the item you've listed. So let's say you've listed a black simple loafer. You're going to tag that as professional. You're going to tag that as a basic, like a closet necessity. You're going to tag that as, you know, whatever, like preppy perhaps. So you'll, you'll tell us the styles that match that item. And then that'll help us match it to the right buyers that are in the, within those styles. Okay. So it's really facilitated by Relove to help you find the best match. Yes. You don't actually come up with hashtags in any way. No. Ugh. That's lovely because that was a really exhausting part, in my opinion, of Depop. Also that I had to be in my pictures because I don't want to be in all my pictures. So from there, you've selected your best tags. And then what happens with your listing? What's next? Yeah, you're going to post it to your page. And what's really cool is you'll immediately, once you hit your first 10 listings, you'll be featured in the new seller section on the shop page. So, you know, you're going to keep on listing is really the best thing to do is to hit that 10 listing so that we can feature you. But the best thing really to do is, is on Relove, it's not about sharing your own items. It's about sharing other people's items. And when I say sharing, I mean, we use the word reloving. So you can kind of think of it as a retweet or a pin on Pinterest. So when you're on Mm. Twitter and you see something you like, you retweet it, right? And it ends up on your Twitter feed. On Relove, you see something you like and you relove it. And that is actually added to your profile as if you listed it yourself. So it creates like a network of sellers and buyers who have similar taste. Exactly. But the most interesting part is when you hit the button to Relove, we tell you how much you get paid if it sells from your page. Oh, nice. So you get bonuses. You get a little cut paid by Relove. Want to make that really, really clear. It's paid by Relove. So the seller makes the same amount of money. Sellers don't pay for it. Relove pays for it. And so how does Relove profit from that venture? Like, how do you cover your cost? We don't profit from that venture. (laughs) That's the most clear thing I can tell you is we break even. We don't lose money. We don't make money. We do this because we believe that selling should be collaborative, not competitive. More items will sell if more people share. So you share thoughtfully, right? Because these items are really going on your page. So let's say your entire page is, let's say, rainbow color. Oh, yeah, rainbow or plaid. Everything's plaid on your page, right? Like you may not want to relove something that's tie-dye because that's really not your brand. That's really not who you are. So you go through and you find some of the other sellers' plaid items that sellers that are coming to your page are, are already looking for. But perhaps you don't have size 2X, right? Because all of your clothes from your closet are size medium. So you go through and you find all the plaid 
larges and smalls and extra larges so that everyone can really benefit from your plaid store, not just people within your size. So you, you relive thoughtfully because really you don't want to oversaturate your store with like unlimited reloves. Like you want to have a brand. That's really what we hope for is, is that you become somewhat of a stylist and a curator on reloving. Yes. And, and so you'll get paid when people buy those items from your page. Relove does not profit from that. And I think this is a good time to also explain our commission structure. I really don't like using the word commission because it's a markup, but I think the word commission is better understood. So I'll, I'll explain our commission structure. It is different than every other platform, and that's really important for sellers to understand. So when you're on Relove, sellers pay no fees. So we say it is completely free to sell on Relove, and that is the truth. But I think people sometimes are like, oh, you know, Relove says they have no commission. Like, that's not true. We do have a commission. It's just sellers don't pay for it. Buyers pay for it. So it's completely free to sell on Relove. We take no money from sellers, and we really value sellers, and that's why we do it. So when you're on Relove, you'll list an item for whatever price you want to make. You say, I want to make $20. And we say, okay, the answer is yes, you can always make $20. You will never make lower than $20. Then Relove adds okay. on shipping. So the buyer pays for shipping in the list price. We add on the 0.3% processing fee for a credit card. And we add in 10% Relove commission. So the list price okay. on a $20 item may end up somewhere between $24 and $28. And that's what the buyer pays. So the buyer is paying for Relove's commission. The buyer is paying for shipping. The buyer is paying the 3% fee. Okay. So that makes sense. Yes. And the only time a seller makes less than what they said they want to make is if they get an offer and they personally approve. So how do buyers get rewarded for choosing Relove as their go-to shop site? So, I mean, I think buyers really love the fact that we have shipping within the price, right? That's one thing. And the prices on Relove are just significantly lower. So the average item on Poshmark is $150. Not to say that there isn't cheaper items on Poshmark. There are, but the average item value is $150. On Relove, the average item value is $30. So already buyers are getting a better deal. And one important okay. thing for sellers is, and we're not sure we're going to keep this forever, but right now, you do have to price at 50% off retail price minimum. Okay. So there so is there's a, a price restriction. Yes. Okay. I love that. I don't think all sellers love that, but like we can't win at everything. You know what I mean? Like there has to be something that's good for buyers and that's what we do for buyers because our platform is really seller focused. We try to make it the best experience possible for sellers, but of course there needs to be that balance, right? Where buyers are getting a great deal too. So now let's say I've been a reseller on Relove and I've been a buyer for a few months. Uh, what is the feedback that you get from people who've been participating in Relove? I mean, they absolutely love it, which is so exciting. They really love it. They're a huge part of the community. We actually just launched an influencer program and we have like literally 1,000 requests to be in it. And the influencer program is not like a typical influencer program. Like you can have 100 followers and be in the influencer program. It's for people that really want to spread relove and to have such a positive reaction from the sellers as well, wanting to join that, it just kind of speaks for itself. So let's talk a little bit about the influencer program. What does that entail? It's really a community that wants to be involved in Relove on a minimum weekly basis. 
it's a rewards program for being a friend and advocate of Relove. So you get little perks, you get special offers, you get special opportunities within the company. So we've already been like hiring some stylists to be in the app and get paid to style people. So they get the opportunity to be in that program before other people do. And and then they get funneled into a Facebook group, which is really, really a vibrant Facebook group. And some of the admins will make like a this week on Relove recaps, which is like telling everybody what sold, like what the trends were. People make videos about the items that they've listed. And we as Relove offer them special deals. So for example, we'll have like a Levi's Friday and on that particular day, they get an extended promo code to buy things and just really be involved in, in Relove. And they'll get invited to also our events, which we have pop-up shops around the country and little parties and things that we throw, beach cleanup. So it's it's really a great tight-knit community within the community at large. Oh, that's interesting too, because it's sort of a full circle for you as well as the people participating is that you mentioned the beach cleanup, which is where we started, right? Like that's something you grew up with. So it's kind of a way in which it sounds like you're inviting people further into uh, what Relove stands for and then giving them a platform to talk about their own brand and their own successes and maybe their own trial and error experiences. And it's sort of like it's taking the Instagram connection that the reseller community has and giving it sort of a inner circle experience, like a big DM or a private message chain or something. No, it's exactly like that. We do have our own DM as well, a private message chain. And and I think it's wonderful. You know, there's this one seller, her name's Tiff, and she's Tilly Lamet on Relove and she's made like literally tens of thousands of dollars on Relove. She's been with us since day one and she just shares all her tips in there. And I think it's just been really wonderful to have that that inner circle. And, and I agree, you know, in, in some ways it's my way of getting even closer to the members. You know, like you said, it's inviting them deeper into what Relove stands for rather than just the experience of being a member. It's also a way to like get more involved and to help us test new features and get feedback on what people think about some of the ideas we have moving forward. One of the things that I'm taking away from how Relove works is that, and I think this sort of echoes some of my experience with Depop, is that it's built on what we've learned about social media. It's built on what we've learned about how people want to connect. I mean, our ethos, right, is collaborative, like sharing other people, reliving other people's stores is the way to get your store more visibility because those people then are prompted to relive your items back, you know, so like it's all about collaboration rather than competition. And I think that that's just like very important piece of relive. I think so, too. And I think it's one of the things as a psychologist that we've learned from social media is that whatever platform you participate in, it can bring out the maybe what I'm going to put a value statement on it here. It can bring out the best side of you or it can bring out the worst side of you. And one of the things that I really like about what I'm hearing about Relove is it is trying to bring out these wonderful aspects of reselling and of consumers and try to reduce the negative impact. So I'm a fan. Thank you. And and that is like, I'm so glad you're getting that because that is exactly what we're trying to do. And we do it like on so many levels. Like it's really everything we do, we do with that in mind. Like for example, animal print on Relove, 
anytime you buy anything animal print, we donate a dollar to the World Wildlife Fund. Like we really care, you know what I mean, about what we're doing and and about the impact that it makes and not just like interpersonally, but also globally and sustainably. And I think that that's just the consciousness that we bring to like all of the things that we build at Relove. It comes from myself and my co-founder, like at our core, when we were just two people that started this business. Now we have like, you know, many, many people significantly less than all the other apps, but a good team now. But when we first started it, you know, I grew up in this sustainable household and my co-founder had tried a different company and, you know, it's all about learning from the failures, quote unquote, but he had a rooftop greenhouse company that was trying to make buildings like big skyscraper buildings more sustainable. And the fact that we both just really, really care about these things we wanted to put that love into Relove and it even showed in the name that we chose for the brand is all about really love and, and you know, peace and collaboration and circularity of community, circular economy, and just really all like of the good things that resale should be. So when I think about Relove and yes, I'm aware that it's a, a resale site, but it does have this kind of opportunity to go deeper if we choose to look, which is that as a whole, we make a difference by choosing to repurpose, by choosing to relove. And while one person doing that isn't enough, whole communities of people doing it is. It's a tipping point, if you will. Absolutely. Well, nice. So look, you're young <laughs> and this isn't your first business as I understand it. So what I'm wondering is if you could just spend a little time talking to the listeners about what it's like to just go for it, just to pursue something you're passionate about and maybe give them some tips to overcome things that might be holding them back. This is not my first business, you're right. I started another attempt at resale in college and it was called Uni Teaks and it was supposed to be Craigslist for the campus and it was trying to make Craigslist more safe by locking in .edu emails and uh, student IDs to make sure that it was really, really safe to transact on campus after I had a bad experience with Craigslist. And I was, I mean, I'm fine now, but, you know, a creepy guy came to my house. He tried to, like, stay in my house and not leave. I had to leave him within the apartment when he went to the bathroom. I, like, left the apartment with him in it by himself. And I got my neighbors, and, yeah, it was horrible, and I ended up moving. So, anyways, had that whole experience of starting a college Craigslist. It did not work out because I was actually experiencing all the same problems with the other platforms. Mm-hmm. The um, Depop wasn't really that big at the time, but Poshmark and eBay, for the most part, I found it very hard to sell is the best thing to say. I found it very hard to find the right customers, and I was not a person that had the time to spend sharing my closet 24 hours a day you know, and like really building my brand on social media and like directing all my traffic there. Like that was not something I had the time to do. Um, and I wished that something like Relove existed where, you know, the right buyer would just magically find my item. And like, it's good for the listeners to realize like we are a startup, like we're working on it. You know, it's something that is happening already, but, you know, Poshmark has 5 million sellers to my understanding in the United States. And we have less than 100,000 users. We're pretty close to 100,000, but you know, we're just getting to 100,000 now. And so it takes time, right, to build up the community that and those eyeballs for your items. But that's how we're doing it. You know, we are getting there. And that's really important. I wish that something like that existed. But what I thought the problem was, was that it wasn't local enough. I didn't recognize the problem to be, oh, I knew that it was hard to sell, but I thought the reason was because it wasn't local enough. 
And I realize now like it actually has to do with data and, and that's why Relove is doing so much better than my last business did. <laughs> but yeah, I started it, it failed. Um, and I think my journey is just a journey of like really never quitting ever. Like I never really mm-hmm. wanted to start a business. I just, it all happened kind of through my last business, which started as just like a small community for me to sell my own clothes to girls on my campus so that I wouldn't have to have that horrible Craigslist experience again. And then them wanting to sell in a local way and building it up and then realizing that that I built it up, but it wasn't the right solution that I would have to, you know, shut down the last business and and try a new solution. But it was, it was never about, you know, starting a business. And I think that that's something that really is important. Like, obviously it's great to just, you know, say, I want to start a business and then find what works. But really when you're passionate about something, it comes from an organic place and there's pros and cons. So I can really speak to that. There are people that, you know, start a business thinking, I really want to have a business that has good margins and I'm interested in this space. And so I'm going to do this product and I have this business plan. But for those of us that just have a passion that really calls us and calls our soul like into it the way that it did for me, I think that there's some advice there. So I can't really speak to the other side, but I can speak to this side. And first thing is perfection is the enemy of production. Like Relove is nothing like what I want it to be, but it doesn't keep me from putting it out there, promoting it and loving it, right? I'm sure in 10 years when it's the biggest, you know, matching platform, it's really a true dating app for your closet that's like as big as like Tinder with, you know, millions and millions of members and they're getting matched items or, you know, as big as Bumble. Like I'm sure even when it's there, I'm going to be like, oh my God, I wish we had this, you know? But that doesn't keep me from putting it out there. And I think a lot of people are waiting for that that right moment. And like, there is no right moment. Like the best thing you can get is feedback and be 100% open to feedback and never, ever be rigid about what you think it's supposed to be. Let people tell you what it's supposed to be. You know, that's really important. Let people tell you what they want you to make. Don't think about what I'm going to make. I'm going to make this product. And if you don't like it, then you know, oh, well, that's not how it works. It's you get feedback and you change it based on the majority feedback that comes in. And you have to kind of let those things do a dance together. You know, you have to integrate your passion, your view of the problem you're solving with how other people see the problem you're solving and what they think would help. And that's what gives you longevity, I think, is sort of just allowing a dance to unfold, you know, rather than trying to control every piece of it. That's a great tip. Don't be rigid. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, get feedback and like start small, not huge. Like I would love for Relove to be in every country right now. I, I, you know, like we wanted to do Canada a long time ago, but, but then we would have so many like order. Did my item arrive in Canada? Did it not? Like, it's just, it's too much at first. You really need to break off into small chewable bites. You can't eat the whole cake out in one bite. And that's really, really important is to like really realize like, owning kind of the area that you're in and really getting a handle on things, like exactly why we're not launched in Android right now. Just getting a handle on things before you bite off more than you can chew because you'll kind of be drowning if you do that. And I think that that's really important uh, lesson, but yeah, getting feedback and, and really going step by step, like you just can't skip a million steps in a business. It just doesn't work. Like I wish that I could take the elevator up the staircase, but like I need to go step by step to build the business. And I think that that's something that a lot of people really, really get frustrated with. And I certainly got so frustrated in my last business by not being able to take the elevator. 
And in this business, I'm just enjoying every step, truly. Well, that's great. Yeah, it's. I mean, I love it. I really love it. It's, it's genuinely making me so happy. And I think that that's the reason we were able to raise money, which all, you know, every marketplace needs to raise money because they don't make enough on their margins to just sustain themselves immediately, right? We take 10%. So it's not like I, you know, make 80% on every purchase and can just, you know, run the business. I think coming from that place of like really being thoughtful and mindful of every step has allowed us to raise outside money and and coming from like a genuine place where you enjoy every step, that's infectious to our members, to our influencers, to the investors, they see that I come from a place that's like very genuine and like willing to learn, willing to change, willing to be flexible and, and like the willingness. That's great advice, Alex. And I really hope one of those tips hits somebody right where they needed to be touched. You know, like this is where I'm stuck because there are people out there right now who have a great idea to solve a problem they've encountered, but something's holding them back. And maybe it's one of those things. Maybe they're being a perfectionist and they're not allowing themselves to experiment and fail and revise. Maybe they aren't open to feedback that every criticism feels too personal. Their identity is too involved in their process and they can't tolerate it. Or maybe they're just being very rigid and they're not allowing themselves to interact with the solutions that because the problem was too overwhelming or something. So hopefully one of those tips will just move someone forward with an idea that we can all profit from and enjoy as well. I feel like this show is really centered around people willing to take risk. Doing this podcast is a risk for me for a lot of different reasons. And that's probably why a lot of my guests have taken risk and a lot of the listeners are facing things that they're risking to try to solve as well. And I think the reselling community and the thrift community, we are putting ourselves out there a lot. We want to be not just part of the problem, but part of the solution. And we're all about creativity, I think, too. So good talk. Great talk. (laughs) Well, I want to wrap up now. I want to get back to thrifting. And I want to do the thrift questions with you so the listeners can know a little bit about your own thrift process. Sure. Are you ready? Ready. Okay. How often do you go thrifting? Weekly. Yay. How, like once a week, twice a week? I mean, I, I digital thrift on Relove literally daily, but I go once a week to a, <laughs> to a proper store and just kind of check out what's going on. That's a good combo. That's one of my preferred ways too. I supplement my in-store thrifting with online thrifting. So what about, do you have a list of things you're looking for? Or are you just a spontaneous thrifter? I'm a spontaneous thrifter for sure. All about the feelings. I'll buy any cool denim jacket I see pretty much. So I'm a sucker for a good denim jacket. (laughs) It's the always on the list thing. (laughs) What about thrift gods? Do you ever feel like something's blessing you with the most amazing thrift moment? Someone or something? Well, I don't know. You know, that's a, a curiosity I have. I think a lot of thrifters feel something like, really lucky or really blessed or led. Like I've had experience where I feel like I've been led to a particular rack, you know? I don't know what that is. I mean, I think I honestly feel like Relove is my thrift god. Like, I mean, I, (laughs) I, I know everything that's listed like at the moment it's listed almost. Like every day I'm checking multiple times a day. So there's always this moment where I'm like, oh my God. And then I'm like, should I leave it for someone like to like love and find or should I just take it for myself? And then... Sometimes I'm like, I'm just going to take it. So I'll, you know, I'll send it to my team and I'll be like, should I take it or leave it? 
And they'll be like, leave it. We need it for somebody. Like, they're going to fall in love. Or they'll be like, no, you should have it. And and when that happens, I'm like, this is, like, my thrift. Like, this is my thrift magic right here. Like, I got it, you know, before anyone could see it. Yes, yes. And maybe your team are your thrift angels. They're, like, protecting the thrift gods. Yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> That's funny. What about alone or do you like to go thrifting with friends? I like both. I like it any any way. I'll take it hot or cold. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> You're like the more the merrier. Also, a good lonely thrift is good. Yes. What about a best or worst thrift story? You know, I think just like the worst thing on thrifting is when you think something's like amazing online and then you get it and it's like just fast fashion and like wasn't told to be that Aww. way. You know what I mean? I'm like, oh, it's like a forever 21 dress. And then I'm like, you know what? It's okay because it's hashtag one plus. Like, I don't care. But I like, I really think that it's important to have that like full transparency. We really are very strict about that on Relove is like being just completely transparent with everything you're selling. And I think that's really important because you want to know what you're getting at the end of the day. Yeah, that is a huge disappointment. i I feel like that Craigslist story might be a worst thrift story, though. Oh, it is. Holy moly. That sounded awful. That's like my nightmare. I take that back. Yes, that was by far the worst thrift story. I was trying to sell a David Yerman ring on Craigslist. Stupid move. Oh, my God. What was I thinking? Why would anyone put something expensive on Craigslist when they could just come to your door and, like, hit you over the head and take it? You know what I mean? And Yeah, it's just too scary. Oh, it is. Anyway. It really is. Well, thanks for sharing that story. And listen, you guys be careful out there if you're selling on Craigslist still. Don't be afraid to have Mace. Hashtag safety first. Sales second. (laughs) Yes, yes. All right. Well, I had a fun time chatting with you, Alex. Thanks for spending this time with us. And definitely hop over to Relove, you guys, and support the mission and get involved and sell some stuff and buy some stuff. Where can people find you if they want to connect with you, if they want to talk more about Relove? Uh, tell us the deets. So first, they can find us on Instagram. It's at Relove, R-E-L-O-V-V. They can find us at the App Store, R-E-L-O-V-V, online, R-E-L-O-V-V.com. And for me personally, my Instagram is at SustainaBay, S-U-S-T-A-I-N-B-A-B-A-E. Sustainabay. Looking at hashtag one plus, you can join Relove with hashtag one plus for the 10% off. And so I'm really excited to see all of you join. And listeners, I'll put all these things in the show notes so you don't have to grab a pen and write it down. You can just click, click, click. And uh, we'll see you online, Alex. Keep up the good work. Awesome. Thank you so much. We have come to the end of this thrift adventure. Thanks for tuning in to Thrift Therapy. Please be sure to subscribe to the podcast on your podcatcher. And if you want to support the show, you can do so on Patreon or Anchor FM, searching Thrift Therapy. Or feel free to visit thrifttherapypod.com for a one-time donation using PayPal. My website is where I also have extended show notes with pictures for each episode. If you're feeling extra excited about the show, please rate and review on iTunes and tell a friend. I'll meet you back here in two weeks to talk more thrifting. Stay thrifty, everybody. The audio mastering for this podcast is by Kane Power at precisionpodcasting.com.